it is commitment because we have this idea that once you get married, you have to stay married. Mm-hmm. And though I feel like you shouldn't get married if you already know that this is not about to work out, but in Islam, marriage is easy, but divorce is easy as well. But because of the stigma that we have around divorcees, people don't want to get divorced even when they're unhappy. But I say if you get married and... You are listening to the Courtship Code Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything related to relationships and courtship from the Muslim perspective. And I am your host, Zara J. Nandira Pierre is an undergraduate student at Montclair State University studying psychology and African-American studies. Using her spare time, Nadira starts critical and somewhat uncomfortable dialogue on her social media platforms in effort to inspire change in her community. Topics stemming from the woes that come from intersectionality of being a young Black Muslim woman in America, all the way to the troubles of a broken judicial system. Fearlessly, and with the use of her wit and satire, she says what nobody else will and crosses barriers nobody else dares to. Thank you, Nadir, for joining the Courtship Code podcast. Waalaikumsalam. Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. So I am, I'm excited to have you on a podcast because one, mm-hmm. you always have great content. You always have something to say, um, which I value any woman, especially a Muslim woman, especially a Black woman, especially a Black Muslim woman who isn't afraid to share her thoughts and her opinions because I feel like that's something that isn't encouraged in the Muslim community. I feel like Black women overall are kind of assumed to share their opinions and their thoughts, but I feel like Black Muslim women are kind of assumed to be timid or it's kind of frowned upon and discouraged for sisters to just be themselves and express how they really feel. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you right, for right. doing that and give you credit for having the courage to always do that. So you're from the Jersey area. I'm from Philly. So I like the whole vibe because it means okay. you have the vibe that I love. Yes, yes. <laughs> so tell me, what initially prompted you to just start developing your platform and just getting out there making your videos? Because you're straight. You, you're hilarious to me, especially my favorite video is the video... You made a while ago, but you were saying about like I'm trying to get with your grandfather or something about that's <laughs> that one. So tell me what initially prompted you to get started. Um, at first, it was like I was just doing it for fun, um, and it was mainly for my friends and like you know my peers and everything like that and my family members that followed me. Um, it really just kind of happened. So it was like I, I did a video, and once that one popped then people started like coming to my page. I had all these follow requests, whatever, whatever, whatever. So once I saw that um, I was getting some traffic and I was getting, you know, a lot of attention, I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's talk about some other things. Um, 
and that's really what really kept it going what keeps it going now and and from there you just kept going and going and the platform continues to grow mashallah so that's awesome so in your videos you do talk a lot about courtship about marriage about relationship (laughs) about brothers and let me tell you something what's really valuable about the angle that you come from is that you definitely incorporate the black muslim experience into it so so many times when we do hear about courtship or relationships Mm -hmm. in the muslim community especially those who are influencers who make videos and stuff is usually not from our perspective so how has that impacted you and how do you see people who aren't black responding to those videos like what is that like um well i've always been very straightforward and unapologetic about centering the black muslim experience because like you said um all other races and ethnicities of people they have their people you know they have their influencers that speak from their perspective and that speak on their um their various experiences um, so I, I've always been unapologetic about that, but I think it, it comes easy because it's what I know. Um, and really the only response that I really look for is from black Muslims. Like I'm doing this content for us. So everybody else, you know, they'll chime in. Sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. That's fine. But it's mainly for us. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's this one. I think it's the same video as the, mm-hmm. it might be a different one, but it's what where you give this look like, oh, you got that dress, you got that uh, overgarment made. Like that look <laughs> in the video is 100% Germantown Avenue. So, <laughs> so I like that's Erie Ave, that's Germantown Avenue, that's New Jersey, that's that all day. So I love that. Um, all right. So, Let's dig a little deeper into the impact of your videos because part of the reason why I did want to have you on this is to speak and share how being vocal, how being outgoing, what that experience is like for you as a Muslim woman. How do you feel like the response, especially from brothers, how do they respond to you in that contrast? Because Muslim women always have this not just the reputation, but also are encouraged to, like I said earlier, to be timid, to not share their opinions, to be submissive and not necessarily in the positive submissive light, but just in the don't share an opinion, don't think so much, don't talk so much. So how have, what has been your response from brother? I feel like they respond to you pretty positively, but what are the different things that you have experienced so far? It's been very minimal as far as negative, negativity, as far as push back any type of adversity um so that's been pretty good i can't say it has been anything that's like crazy bad you know i have at nadir pierre the grand influencer <laughs> comedian um you are just i'm very proud of you like i'm just mad proud of you because i'm gonna use the word mad i'm supposed to be speaking more formal than that on this <laughs> <podcast>. but <laughs> i'm extremely proud of you because I can't think of any other black, I don't even want to say just black female. I can't really think of any other Muslim female comedians or black female comedians who actually have a platform. I'm not talking about sisters who just make jokes on their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Or, or I'm talking about people who actually have a platform, actually have been developing consistent content, actually get a response, mm-hmm. actually get flued out 
I'm talking about all of that. So. <laughs> what do we think of any other Muslim female comedian? So it's really a non-traditional role to see a black Muslim woman in or a Muslim woman in. So do you know of any? Are there any others that we should be checking for? Um, Zainab Johnson. Zainab Johnson. I've never heard of her. I have to look her up. She's very good. She was on um, Comedy Central. She actually was just in Philly. At the beginning of June, she had a show in Philly. Um, I'm not, I think she might have a special out. I'm not really sure. But Zainab Johnson is a Black Muslim woman comedian. The only other one that I know of. Okay, okay. I definitely will have to look out for her and discover her and look Mm -hmm. her up. Because I was like, I don't even know any other women who are doing this. So Zainab, she's probably, you know, further in her career than you are, but you're still one of the pioneers in doing this. So that means that you are definitely groundbreaking and doing things. You are the giant that other people are going to be standing (laughs) on. (laughs) So that's awesome. And it takes a lot of courage to do that, especially as a young sister. Um, It takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there now just to go back a little bit because we kind of touched on this in the beginning but what was that like for you like when you first started seeing your videos go viral and first seeing people respond to you you know I've been to Kings but I mean like you put Kings on a mat too so. <laughs> so what was that like when your videos first started really you know exploding on the internet um even to this day like there's never a moment that I'm not shocked um mainly because it wasn't planned or it wasn't even in my wildest dreams like this was nothing that I ever thought was going to happen so even still to this day I'm like how what why you know but alhamdulillah we don't we don't question Allah's plan um he put me in this position for a reason, so I'm just trying to navigate it as best I can. Yeah. But it's still very shocking to me, and it's still like I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. That, and it's a lot. It's a lot to learn to maneuver, also, because like you said in the beginning, now brothers come up to you like you don't even know them, and they're like, "That's not there." Right. <laughs> like, um, okay, thank you. Do you ever feel? Um, like you need more protection in this environment, like now that people know you, because even with doing, um, like we, we've done Muslim singles events and things of that sort, and I've had to pull back some because with the climate that we're in, I can sometimes feel like it's unsafe to promote um, people, like just Muslims being in certain environments and things of that sort. Like I wanted to really make sure that people felt secure. So do you ever worry about that at all? Like, just, like, your own protection as you travel and stuff like that? Um, no. That's awesome. No. Um, because anything that's going by the permission of Allah, so anything that's meant to happen to me, like, I can have 50,000 people with me. If it's meant to happen to me, it's going to happen to me. Um, so, okay. <laughs> run a gun up. Okay. I love that. I love. But that. I have been uh, thinking about it more. I will say because 
before it was like you know when i would be in heavily populated muslim spaces mm-hmm. people would notice me but now it's like um pretty much like everywhere that i go like people right. are noticing me like i went to the mall and i was like you're that girl and i'm like okay and, you know before it was only for muslims but now it's like for muslims non-muslims like anybody and everybody um so i'm definitely more cautious but i'm not scared so <laughs> So how, what is it like for anomalous? Like, what is it, what has their, been their response? Because they follow you and love you too. And they all, and it's, and it's so funny because you right. do stay true to Muslim topics. Like you, you don't venture too far off from what you focus on. Right. Like, what has they, that been like, how they respond to you and them receiving your content and just fully embracing you? Um, That has been very interesting because because I do mainly Muslim content and Black Muslim content, a lot of times, like, they'll be like, this is hilarious, but what does this mean? Or what does that mean? (laughs) Um, So they've really been learning a lot because I don't have time to respond to, like, every single one, but my followers would be like, okay, a Kufi is, you know, a Walima is, and, you know, different things like that. So, you know, when they see me, I was all the same type of love. And it's funny watching them try to reiterate Muslim videos because they'd be like, I don't really know what to call it. But you know, when you made that video about, you know, and they're trying to describe like, Arabic words and different things like that. So it's been very interesting. That really um, catches me off guard. Because I'm like, wow, you, you know what I'm talking about? You know, you have to learn what I'm talking about. Um, that's been interesting. That's been so interesting. That's cool. And inshallah, you got a lot of reward for that too, because that's a lot of dawah, mm-hmm. um, a lot of blessings. And you don't know who you're impacting through that. Hey, you might be paying some of those, you know, sisters who got their boyfriend, got their Muslim boyfriend, they might start watching your videos. But like, you know, I need, I want to watch. A lot. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm about to show this to my boyfriend because I told him he's not supposed to be doing this. And I'm like, Oof, okay, Jeff. Like, all right, I guess that works. But I mean, look, inshallah, you get the blessings for that too. So, hey, if you haven't already, make sure that you like and subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on our YouTube channel. You can also leave us a comment and a review and let us know what you think about the podcast. Don't forget to share with your friends and your family. Let's skip around a little bit. So, you're in the New York, New Jersey area. So tell me what you have been noticing around marriage, courtship, relationships, brothers and sisters in the part of the country that you're in. Because you're in one of the like heavy Muslim populated parts of the country, which makes it a little bit easier for some to meet somebody. But then there's other challenges when there's so many Muslims in the area because then you have so much more to weed through. So what what are you noticing about relationships in your part of the country? Um, for one, I was just thinking about this today a lot. It was kind of like a wave of my peers getting married like a couple years ago. And now it's like another wave of that. Um, but it's it's honestly been so beautiful to see how easy it has been. Mm. Like when I tell you people are are getting engaged within a couple months and then getting married within like a month or so. So I think, and it's, it's also like so encouraging to see how that ease has made their relationship that much more beautiful. 
Mm. Like, you know, to just see people be like, okay, we're getting married. And then they get married and they're like, mm, we're chilling. You know, that's such a beautiful thing to see, especially when you see other relationships where parents or, parents or communities are making it so difficult for mm. young people to get married. So I think noticing how easy it has been and also how, you know, people are just letting things happen organically. Nothing is being forced. You know, nobody's, nobody's being forced to marry this person or whatever. Um, that's been great. <clears throat> what else have I been noticing? I think now it's more so people are finding each other. Because there's always a wave of like 30 sisters who want to get married and then they'll all get married. Then these random 40 brothers come out of nowhere and they want to get married. So I think now like those groups are finally aligning and looking for each other and finding each other at the same time. Um... As far as anything bad, I don't know. I haven't really been. You don't have to touch on the bad. As, as good as what's present. Yeah, I haven't really been. <laughs> no, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool that you're noticing that people are actually linking up. Like, they're going linking right. up, right? And right. they're making more of an effort because that's one thing that we talk about a lot on the Courtship Code podcast is actually making the effort. And right. it is a blessing when you're in an area such as yours where it's so heavily populated with Muslims that people actually can connect and make options. I mean, even if they want to, you know, court someone long distance, like that's fine too. But when you right. live in an area like Philly, Jersey, New York, Baltimore, like these areas are heavily populated with Muslims, especially black Muslims. Right. But then you have like this whole other part of the country that it's like a hardship. So I love that people who are in that corner of the country, they can go to events, they can go to matches, they can just ask their friends and their family and other people they know about this sister, that brother, stuff like that. And it's actually possible because it is a great challenge around other parts of the country. So for the people that you've been observing that have been moving with ease through this process, what would you say, from just your opinion, what you've been observing, like, how are they meeting and connecting with each other? Um, people that I've noticed that it has been so easy for have actually been friends over time. Okay. Like, we, like, um, two of my friends are actually marrying a set of twin brothers. And it's like, I know them from Mention. I know the person I went to school with them. So, but it's like, we've all known each other all these years. And I guess we're getting to the age where we're like, all right, what's up? Like, <laughs> we're not going to be friends forever. <laughs> um, so I think having, and you know, especially within Black Muslim communities, especially within New Jersey and Philly, like everybody knows everybody. So, you know, it being as simple as, oh, you know, what's up with so-and-so? Or, you know, you know, such and such, what's up with them? And, you know, different things like that. So I think just using the connections that we already have and being like, you know, sometimes we feel like we have to go here and go there. And it's like, your husband's like at the national with you already. I don't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I talk about that all the time too, is leveraging your network. A lot of people don't realize like you can leverage the network that you have to meet the people right. that you want to meet. But you're a little younger than some of our other listeners. So I'm curious if you think that, it's easier also with the people that you're referring to? Are they in a certain demographic as far as age group or is it just like spread across the board? Um, 
I think the youngest is my age, okay. but the oldest is not even in their 30s yet. So probably like okay. 20, 29 ish. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, would you encourage people to marry like young, like under 25 if possible? I think whenever you feel it, you should do it. You know, because when I see like 18, 19 year olds who are like, I want to get married, it's like, do it. You know, facilitate something for them so that they can get married too, especially within the slam, to feel in yourself that you're ready to take that big step. Even if you don't have all of the tools, it's nothing that can't be acquired. Mm -hmm. So to feel at that age that you're ready to commit to a single person, you know, even though sometimes it doesn't last, but to feel that you're ready to commit to a person for a lifetime. Is, is very big. So to have those feelings, I feel like when you have it, you should do it. Now, for those that you know who do have that feeling, they have that desire, but they struggle with moving forward. Why do you think that it's, especially some of the younger Muslims, like those who are under 30 or under 25, mm-hmm. what do you think it holds them up? Is it like family? Is it finances? Is it just like their faith and being scared about making a wrong choice or making that commitment or what do you think holds up some of the people in that age group i think for some it is family um we do have this westernized idea that you know how we have all these ideals you're supposed to get married between the ages of 23 to 28 you're supposed to have a baby by this time house by this time um but when you start to feel it at an earlier age sometimes it's looked down upon because people would be like, oh, you're a child, you're immature, you're not ready. You can have um, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you can have a husband. Especially within Islamic standards of, you know, you're allowed to live apart if you need to. You can, you guys can court and go on dates and everything like that. Um, I definitely think it's finances as far as people feeling like you should be extremely wealthy, you know, or marriage is so expensive. But, you know, with how much of an impact do you think being a woman who's a public figure, especially you have a pretty big platform. So do you feel like that impacts courtship or marriage or anything like that? You don't have to speak specifically on your specific, you know, situation or anything like that. But do you I ain't trying to be Wendy Williams. I ain't trying to get too much in your business. But I'm just being curious because we do have some other female influencers that are also coming on as well. So I'm really curious about how they feel having such a large platform. How does that impact them when it comes to marriage or courtship? How do they feel like, um, because it's not common to see outside of fashion and modeling, you don't see too many Muslim women really putting themselves out there. So I'm really curious about how are you received or how do you feel like that possibly could it might not even be factual it's just like could some of the things that you may feel or observe or if you might not feel anything at all but I'm just really curious about how that impacts courtship or marriage and your your personal relationships um it definitely impacts it in a very interesting way that I was not expecting mm-hmm. honestly um because I'm known because people know me because I have an audience Number one, I'll get brothers who know who I am, who know of my platform, and mm-hmm. 
they approach me in a very weird kind of way. It's like they already have a preconceived idea. So many preconceived notions. You got groupies, girl. <laughs> that I was not expecting. Um, they have so many preconceived notions, mm-hmm. and they approach me in a way that, like, they're starstruck and they just want to get in my face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So already, I'm like, mm, I'm, I think I'm good. Um, right. um, or it's either they approach me from that way of being like starstruck and oh my god, oh my god. Or they approach me in a way, I always say I don't like men that treat me like I'm something to be conquered. Yeah. So approach me in a way where it's like they just want to get a hold of me to try and like diminish me. You're a trophy. So exactly. We yeah, I've had this conversation with other sisters who also are well known or have platforms and stuff like that. And that becomes a target. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. And then that makes it a challenge with getting married or courtship because you really have to figure out, does this person genuinely like me? Do they like this idea of me? Do they like this yeah. fantasy of having me? Do they want to just capture me and then just put me to the side? Like, what is this that's really going on? And that's a dynamic that most women don't think about having to face when they start working with the public right. or working with the Muslim community. Um, in that, so you feel like you've been going through this or experiencing people who want to conquer. And explain to people who are listening what you mean by conquer. Like, what is that like? Or what does that, what is that notion? Um, it comes when men view me and my platform and me speaking of my opinion. They view me as being just too free. Mm-hmm. Like, they view me as this, just living, you know, however I choose to live, which is not a bad thing. But when they view it as a bad thing, um, it's like a little sick part of them that's like, you need to get her under control. And I've never been the type of woman that's like, I need a man to put me in my place. I'm not a dog. <laughs> I'm not a child. <laughs> you know, I've already been raised. Um, and so they essentially just want to capture me. So they'll, they'll try to start off and be like, oh, you know, I love what you do, whatever, whatever. They'll try to start off with encouraging words, but slowly but surely they'll work into you shouldn't say this. You shouldn't do this. Why would you say this? You know, so it's, it's things that become visible after a while um, because they can only hide it, but for so long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So essentially they're trying to tame you. They're trying to tame exactly that lioness within you, trying to tame you down some, which is a really interesting concept because mm-hmm. I always tell people the same things that you are attracted to, the same things that you admire about a person becomes your biggest challenge with that person. Right. So they admire your free spirit. They admire your ideas, your opinions, your courage, your vulnerability, your your ability to kind of just put yourself out there. But now it's like, okay, that's cute. <laughs> but now I need to mold this to a way that I want it to be. And Or they'll be like, because they see certain qualities in me, they know that other people right so then once they get it they're like okay only me like i only want you to be this type of person with me it's like i can't do that (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that that point right there because you have something of value you have something of gold right and it's like Mm -hmm. okay i got this goal now it's almost like you ever see lord of the ring with yeah and he's like, my precious, like, <laughs> you become their precious, like, oh, this is my precious, mine, my dear. Exactly. 
so they want to try to take that for themselves and they don't want you to share their life but how do you adjust to that like do you feel the need to take back some when you get married or are you just like i'm gonna just be patient until i find someone that's fully comfortable and fully accepting of what i'm doing and where i am at this point in my life um no i i and it's to the point that like if i like someone ooh, can you hear me mm-hmm. okay it says my connection is unstable so as long as you can hear me okay. <laughs> um, i have no intentions whatsoever of taming that part of myself or even as much as pulling back of who i am on social media because if it's something that you really don't like and it's something that you're really not comfortable with literally don't talk to me but mm. like, just don't talk to me mm. um and also i'm not for you know whomever i marry i'm not a possession mm-hmm. like we're not going to get married and then i'm going to be yours mm-hmm. you're my husband you know you'll be my husband you'll be my friend you're to enjoy me and live with me and, and be alongside me but i'm not something that a man should be striving to possess mm-hmm. so it's not anything that I feel the need to tame or I feel the need to, to pull back on. I am who I am. It is what it is. You're either going to come along with me and, you know, get the ball rolling with me or we don't have anything to talk about. Do you think it's hard for men to deal with a woman that is a public figure? Because I've heard celebrities talk about this as well. I've heard Jasmine Sullivan, so many other female celebrities say that it's really hard for a man to kind of step back and allow that woman to have her shine so do you feel like that's natural for men to or maybe unnatural for men to do that I think it's a challenge like it's really like an ego thing that they have to conquer or do you think it just really depends on personality I think it depends on personality mm-hmm. because I've met quite a few brothers who really can't deal with it and if it was just a thing of me being present on social media that would be one thing but i'm out on the road i'm away um i don't have a lot of time to talk i don't have a lot of time to you know be there and be inter you know entertaining to someone so i think that's very that's been very difficult um for men to handle and even in the difficulty in having that conversation of being like, okay, you know, cause usually in the um, culture and the tradition that we come from, usually it's the man that's away, that's doing stuff, that's late nights, busy. So me being the woman having to have that conversation is very difficult, but I have met, you know, a couple of brothers who um, not only said that they were comfortable with it, but when push came to shove actually were and could actually deliver on, you know, what they were saying. So I think it's definitely a personality thing, um, but it, it definitely won't work with someone who has a very big ego and needs someone who is constantly there to stroke their ego, because I just can't be there. <laughs> I can't be that person. Or someone who has a super fragile ego. Right, right, right. So do you think that it would be easier for someone who also is kind of in the same field like would you is that like ideal like someone who understands social media influence who understands 
having some type of um, known presence in the community? Or do you think that it really just doesn't matter? He just has to be 100%, you know, supportive and having your back in that process. Even someone who particularly understands, like I've met brothers who are influencers who are, you know, in the public eye who understand what it's like. A lot of times they don't want someone that's not home the same time as them. They don't want someone that's doing the same. They don't want someone that's as busy as them. Um, so I think it really depends on whether you're a supportive person, whether you support what I do, and whether you're really built for this lifestyle. Because <laughs> it's difficult for me, so I can only imagine how difficult it could be for a partner. Oh, that was so sweet. I really like I thought that was so sweet right there, what you just said, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I want to rewind back to what you just said about meeting someone who also has a platform and how they want someone who's not doing the same thing as them. That's really interesting because sometimes sisters come to us with Black Muslim Single Society, and we also do like femininity um coaching and talking about just what it's like to be feminine as a black woman and how to get more in touch with your femininity as a black woman because it is a privilege overall for us as black women to feel fully feminine and be taken care of and just be able to be in a space because and black men aren't always fully in their masculinity either but there's always this um discussion around men who are like super alpha who are go-getters who are doing their thing how they seem to want a woman that's the total opposite and how they seem to not be able to uh, be compatible or desire a woman who's also moving at that same pace. So just from your opinion and from the experience that you just mentioned, like, why do you think that is? Do you think that it's just like an ego class? Do you think it's just personal preference? Um, do you think that it's something deeper within the like male-female relationship that makes that a hardship? Them. everybody can't be jay-z and beyonce <laughs> like that's not going right. to i think it is kind of a mixture of a lot of things um some people you know really just prefer a housewife you know some men really just like women that stay at home he doesn't want somebody that works whatever the reason is but some men prefer a housewife because their ego can't handle a woman that goes to work or their ego can't handle a woman that's a go-getter. So I think it, it could be, you know, a combination of, it could be one thing, it could be a combination of multiple things. There's just so much to it mm-hmm. and, and getting to the bottom of it and getting to the root of it and really, you know, asking someone to be honest about that is not as easy as it should be. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a lot. It's, it's a whole lot that goes into it so okay let's- the exception of a few extra expenses if you can buy yourself you can live with another person right especially a spouse you, know, you guys are sharing space you share a bathroom you probably eat the same things um and i do think it is commitment because we have this idea that once you get married you have to stay married Mm-hmm. And though I feel like you shouldn't get married if you already know that this is not about to work out, but in Islam, marriage is easy, but divorce is easy as well. 
But because of the stigma that we have around divorcees, people don't want to get divorced even when they're unhappy. But I say if you get married and you know, you're just not feeling it, you're not feeling it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Some of us can't get or even admit to the idea that Allah may have written someone for you, but not for a lifetime. So if it's not for you, it's not for you. Like, don't force it. BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com provides matchmaking, profile listings, and other products for Muslim singles to help them through their courtship journey. You can learn more at BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Black Muslim Single Society for all sorts of freebies, webinars, and even our new courtship club just for women. Check us out at BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com or again on Facebook or Instagram at Black Muslim Single Society. Yes, let's just rewind that back. Let's rewind that back a little bit because I love you touched on a couple of things that I want to get back to because um, these are things that across the board impact Muslims. You know, not just any particular age group. So first, the finances, right? So so many people use finances as an excuse. I actually believe more people use finances as an excuse over the age of 28 than they do under the age of 28. Mm. They get really accustomed to a certain lifestyle, to certain materials. They are chasing this idea of what marriage should look like or the American dream, and they get really, really stuck on finances. Meanwhile, honestly, most Muslims aren't making it past age 28 as virgins. So, you know, you're out here doing x y and z and not worried about the finances right but you right. can be the same exact thing like you said you don't have to live with each other right away you don't have to have everything right now but at least you will be in that halal relationship that can actually prosper and move forward to something but you're so stuck on the picture of what marriage could look like and the 2.5 kids and the house and the car and the vacations and the instagram life that you are holding back from what you could actually have. So I love that you talked about the finances. And then the other part that you mentioned was that just because it might be written for somebody to be in your life, it might be written for you to marry them. It doesn't mean that you're going to marry them forever. I told someone about a week ago, you don't know who's going to be waiting for you and Jenna if you've been married a few times. So (laughs) you don't know which spouse is going to be there. But I think that that's a great point that you just made about, you know, it, it might not be intended for you to have that person forever. That doesn't mean that it's not right for you to marry them. Right. Right. I think with, with finances, especially people will have a boyfriend or girlfriend, which costs money. Mm-hmm. Like going to see that person, dating, gifts, all of this, all of this, you'll spend you know, more money than you realize within a few months of that relationship. Right. But when it comes to having a wedding or when it comes to getting married, all of a sudden it's too expensive. This is the same amount of money you would spend, if not less, because you don't have to pay money to go see this person. Right. (laughs) Because they're already there with you. Right. Right. Um, And with divorce, like, the stigma is so horrible. When we look at, you know, during the time of the Prophet a woman could come and be like, I don't like how you treat me. And it's over. Right. And you don't need this grandiose excuse and you don't need to do all of this or do, I don't like them. 
you know, I was feeling him a couple years ago. I'm not really feeling him like that no more. That's it. It's over. No big deal. <laughs> exactly. And that's so true. And women, they walk around with that stigma. Men don't really get the stigma when it comes to divorce. Right. More judgmental towards women who have been divorced as if she's broken and something wrong with her. But it's like, this brother is divorced too, you know? Is he any more or less broken? Why does it have to even be that? Why can't it simply be it just wasn't working? That's right. You know, it doesn't have to be. Even having difficulty admitting that we just don't like each other. (laughs) It always has to get to like this very mean, ugly place. And I don't like you because you did it. I just don't like you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> it's so real it's so true that it's hilarious because yes. I mean essentially that is what it comes down to what's funny about what you're saying is I, I said to someone not long ago they were married for about 10 years right. and the brother said that he had a failed marriage or he you know his marriage was a failure and I'm like how is your marriage a failure you made it to 10 years you right. had a couple kids out of it like to me that's a success I don't assume just because you didn't make it till death doesn't make it a failure right. you know you still learned the lessons that you needed to learn you had children out of it you had experiences you had somebody for those 10 years to me that's a success it's only a failure if you view it as a failure like mm-hmm. to me you lasted way longer than the average couple I've Oh, not even Muslim, just the average couple makes it about seven or eight years, I believe. So you outlasted the average couple. So why are you telling mm-hmm. yourself that it's a failure? Like, I mm. think that we have this very, very negative outlook on divorce that isn't Islamic at all. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. So we're going to wrap this up in a second, but I'm just going to shoot you a couple questions, but this is going to get a little personal. i don't want to make you so uncomfortable so just for the people because there might be some somebody that's checking for you that's listening so what type of brother Mm -hmm. my dearest eyes like what type of brother is going to make her go hmm so (laughs) tell me about that type of guy give me give me five characteristics um i don't have many physical characteristics really Okay. I don't believe in ugly, so it's like however you look is fine. Um, Interesting. I don't do short. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. How tall are you? I'm five four. You're short. I exactly. (laughs) So this has to be some type of balance. What's Um, short to you? What's a short man to you? Like. Five eye level is the shortest I'll go. So five four is the shortest I'll go. Anything okay, smaller? That's not bad. That's that's short. That is short. <laughs> Anything littler that I get. <laughs> um, so number one is tall. Okay. Um, number two, I think. Do we have to talk about Islam? I feel like that's a given. You know what? It's not a given. That's so funny that you say that because when we do matchmaking interviews, people are always like, well, I feel like Islam is like, um, every Muslim not in a yeah, right. 
exactly. So, you know, you can't assume that. So we was Islam where where in the spectrum of Islam? Because he could be smoking pot Islam or he could be like student of knowledge Islam. So like where <laughs> we have to have a compatible halal haram ratio. Okay. So it's like halal. Okay. <laughs> listen to what she just said. She said compatible halal to haram ratio. Right. There you go. That's the key right there. So, so it's like I don't want you to into anything I'm not into. <laughs> but I also don't want you to be like extreme. Like <laughs> right. right. Um so I would say compatible halal haram ratio. Um. Ooh, no children. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Brothers, if you're listening and you got a three pack, a six pack, that's a no pack. So <laughs> she's not feeling it. Stay out her DM. Okay. Sorry, I don't want to talk. <laughs> um. That's real. Right. Emotionally intelligent. Okay. Um. As well as goal oriented. Goal oriented. Now, does he have, have a you college know. degree or college education, or is it just that he is working and really striving towards something? I was about to say, I don't require you to be in any specific field. Like, I don't particularly go after only college graduates, or, you know, if you don't have a degree, okay, cool, but you have to be doing something, okay. you have to be working towards something. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, brothers, you heard that. So, you got to be over, what's tall, over 5'8"? I would say 5'5 <laughs> five, five or taller. 5'5 five, five or taller. Look, she said 5'5 or taller is tall. That's not tall in my category, but to her, that's tall because she's 5'4". So, you 5'5 five, or taller, you have one check on the board. That's one check. If you don't have any kids, you got two checks on the board. If you got kids, stay away. She don't want it. Um, if you are emotionally intelligent, meaning that you know how to respond and not how to react, if you are able to be vulnerable and properly communicate, you have three checks on the board. If you uh, are goal-oriented and ambitious, you are doing something with your life, you are striving, you are working hard, and you do not have to be college-educated, but you do have to be a go-getter. That's four checks number. What was the fifth one? Halal haram ratio is equivalent. Halal to haram ratio, brother. That's five checks number, which means that you cannot be into stuff that she ain't into. Your haram has to be in alignment. <laughs> you can't be all the way over here. She's still in the middle with her haram. She's not all the way over there yet. So hopefully she ain't getting over there. We have so. to agree that this stuff is haram. She wants to listen to a hip hop song. She don't want you cutting it off and telling her <laughs> She can't listen to that, you know. She can only listen to Nasheed's in the car. She don't want to have to sneak around with her title playlist. She wants to be able to get along quite well in different areas. So she wants you to have the same Islamic views and have a balance in life. So that is how you are qualified to slide in Nadira's DMs and to how to wrap up this interview. So tell people where they can 
find you, where they can reach you, things that they can look forward to, where can they find you, any events you got coming up, like tell the people how to connect um, with you here. I'm still trying to develop new content and a better way to do the content. Um, you can find me on Instagram at nadira.p. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Nadira P. Um, that's pretty much it. The next thing that I have coming up is I will be performing at the Riata in Atlanta, Georgia. That's coming up on July. The last weekend in July. I can't remember the dates right now, but the last weekend in July. July 26th, y'all. The weekend in July yeah, 26th. July 26th. I will be at the Riata. All right, guys. So that is where you can find out there. Make sure that you check her out. She has so many good videos, not just comedy. She talks about uh, social, political issues as well, things that impact the Black people. So she has a variety of content on her page. So make sure that you are checking for her. She is a gem for the Muslim community and for the Black Muslim community. And she has so much to share. And I look forward to connecting with her at the Riata as well and watching her at the Riata. So I do look forward to that. Inshallah. So you guys, um, make sure that you tune into the next episode of the Courtship Code podcast. And we'll talk to you soon. Assalamualaikum. BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com provides matchmaking, profile listings, and other products for Muslim singles to help them through their courtship journey. You can learn more at BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Black Muslim Single Society for all sorts of freebies, webinars, and even our new courtship club just for women. Check us out at BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com or again on Facebook or Instagram at Black Muslim Single Society.